Welcome to Combat Chatter, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast, brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com. Combat Chatter covers the latest hot topics and breaking news surrounding Star Wars The Old Republic, BioWare, and the greater Tor community. Alright, what's going down, internets? It is time for another episode of Combat Chatter, the official podcast of RepublicTrooper.com. I am your host, Andy at Republic Trooper, and as usual, I am joined by David Mike from RT. And we also have a first-timer on the show with us tonight, Mr. Timothy DeBlock, also known as Lanville from our forums, is uh, with us on the show. And he is uh, one of our new writers for RepublicTrooper.com, so we're happy to have Timothy with us. And it wouldn't be combat chatter without special guests. And tonight we have a couple of special guests. Ivan and Azalis from Old Republic Radio will be hanging out with us tonight as well. So we have a, a full cast of characters for the show tonight. So uh, what's up, everyone? How's it going? Hey, what's up, troops? It's Hello, boys. Great to be on the show, guys. Uh, really glad to see you guys again, since you obviously are too stuck up to talk to me in game. <laughs> yeah. No, gl- <laughs> we're, uh, we're glad to have you guys on. Uh, it's good to have you guys back, like you said, uh, off the air. It was, uh, it's been a while since we talked, so uh, we're yep. excited about it. You know, as always, we will be talking uh, everything TOR in just a few minutes, but first we wanted to jump right into it with our guests, Ivan and Azalis. So guys, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you have going on over at Old Republic Radio? Well, I'm Azalis, and I'm our Sith lady at Old Republic Radio, and um, you know, we're just having a great time with our, our recordings and the public, the gaming public thus far. I'm sure you gentlemen have found the same thing. They have an absolute amazing sense of humor. And, uh, you know, gobble up bits of information and, and humor with a, as much veal and, and zest as I've ever seen. And, you know, Ivan, hop in here. This is Big Daddy yeah. right here. Big Daddy. <laughs> well, Ivan's um, so quiet yeah, too. so I guess first off, we're located at oldrepublicradio.net, and we are a fully functioning fan site. Right now, um, of course, we have Old Republic Radio going off once a week, our podcasts, our, our mothership, and then we do another podcast called Star Wars The Old Republic 101, which is geared towards more of the brand new player to MMOs and to Star Wars The Old Republic. And then we also have uh, Grace, who throws up videos on a very regular basis, giving us walkthroughs of world bosses and uh, uh, flashpoints and, and operations and all that stuff. So, I mean, really, uh, you come down to our site, it's, it's just like a plethora of things to get involved in. And we also kind of throw our little sick humor in about everything that we do. So <laughs> our apologies ahead of time. <laughs> That's what it's worth coming for. Without the, si- <laughs> without the sick humor, I mean, what are you good for? Oh, thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Oh, maybe that's me I'm thinking of. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're just really excited right now. It's it's just been a really crazy ride so far, and it's just been real fun to get the game launched and, and start doing shows about the game while everyone's able to play it, and and you just really get into that. And the community has been absolutely one hundred percent fantastic, and we can't say enough about them. We really can't. Nice. Now, now I know initially you guys were operating under a different URL, and you know I don't want to mention it just for. I don't yep. want people to be confused. Now, since you've been under the new URL, oldrepublicradio.net, um, how have things been? Has it been growing? Have you been getting out there more? I mean, it's it sounds like you're doing a second show now, which is cool. What are your guys' plans for the future and things like that? 
Oh man, things have blown up. I mean, when, when we went, because oh, yeah, and you're right. Originally, I, uh, we were just a podcast. I, I didn't really want to do a full blown fan site, but I got convinced into doing it by certain people, Asless. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> so we kind of blew up, and you know the the big cast that we do on the show, we have on average seven to eight people on the show per week has just nice. been you know it's we 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 have all these crazy perspectives going off and it's just been really fun for the future right now we've got so much on the plate it's it's insane we're going to really start attacking video a little bit more um we're going to start a segment called uh Monday night hutball where we're going to kind of videotape some hutball matches and put our own little flair into it with our own announcers and stuff and try to make it more like a, a Monday night football that's event. awesome yeah, it's going to be pretty fun, and, and just we're ever growing the show. I mean, we, we've we been so impressed with the response we've gotten, not only from the show, but from the website as well. It's it's just really humbling, to be honest with you. I, I, I just can't say enough about our community that, that just gets behind us. They, we seem to, people seem to enjoy what we do, and we enjoy doing it for them. You know, you mentioned, like, like you said, you guys have grown into a full-on fan site, and you're looking at doing okay. video and, you know, editorial and writing along with podcasts and things like that. Tell me about all of the people over at Old Republic Radio. I know uh, when we emailed, you were like, well, how many of us do you want to do you want to have show up? <laughs> yeah. And you said you have a cast of eight. So, I mean, you guys got a pretty large, pretty large number of people go, uh, you know, helping you out over there. Like, how'd you guys all meet and how have you know, how do you know each other? Wow. Um... Now that's yeah, a sorted okay, tale, actually. That's kind of sorted. Oh, Y'all this sounds start, interesting. And then we'll we'll kind of do the dynamic because it, it's, it's kind of funny. You take this one. You want me to take? Okay. So I well. was approached, mind you, in my guild. I, I work in our our PR department, and uh, my boss says, "Hey, I need you to go do a podcast and, and you know shekel our guild. You know, get in there and get some people." And I'm like, "Okay, sure." So I started emailing back and forth with Ivan. I was ready to do a duel of the fates with um, another guild. And I took ill, actually. I ended up in the hospital. It was quite serious. Uh, had to have uh, emergency surgery. And I was oh, panicking no. because I'm such a, a you know an anal person when it comes to getting my appointments done. I'm, I'm texting literally as I'm being enrolled in the operation room. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Can, can we push it back? Can we push it back? I swear I'll be out in a week. Um, and he's just kind of like, get well, girl. What are you doing? So um, the following week, pain meds on board. We met up and found out that actually I have a previous gaming experience with Ivan and Denver Drew. Uh, we both started talking, waiting. We were getting ready to, to start the show. And we both found out we found out we placed our World Galaxies. And I said, well, wait a minute. What server were you on? Well, what server were you on? Come to find out. Both of us you know, kind of knew each other. And then Ivan came on and goes, wait a minute. I remember you. So the three of us all knew each other previously in a game, but didn't realize. And then I'll let him bring in the rest of the crew because it's all kind of come yeah. in after that. So I guess, I guess honestly, what I'd say to you, Andy, Dave, and the rest of the troops out there is uh, the old Republic radio that you see today is definitely not what was intended, <laughs> to be honest with you. It was really originally just supposed to be me. Um, when I originally came up with the idea, I was going to, I threw out a quick zero episode asking for a co-host. And because I didn't know if anybody was going to I didn't have anybody at the time. And right. so um, Sh Shamrock showed up and said, hey, I love Star Wars. I'll do the show with you, even though I'm, I've never played an MMO before. So I was like, OK, cool. We'll just we'll make you the noob. And so then after that, uh, I met Azalus and then uh, Greats and through uh, the First Order and through Genesis. And actually, you'll notice a lot of our full time people were guests in our early shows. Right, right. And. And when we went full blown website, like all these people, they all, everyone just kind of emailed back going, Hey, 
we want to be part of this. And I said, all right. And so like, luckily enough, it just turns out to be really strange that, that each person that's in the cast, if you go Asless, she's our, our female perspective. Greats is our, our rating guy. He's our gilded rating guy. You know, uh, Sirtas, he's been playing MMOs since the dawn of time. Uh, Parasite's <laughs> our role player and our resident songwriter who writes some pretty fun par- parody songs. Uh, Denver Drew, he, he emails in one day just out of nowhere and says, hey, I want to be part of the show. So I said, okay. And he does the dark side with Denver Drew, and then he's a regular host. Um, it, it's just absolutely insane that the amount of people that just showed up. And I thought, well, rather than, rather than you know, have just two people, why not just have everybody on? And, and we just recently added a couple other people. Oakley, who's our community manager. And Amazing. Great job, job for us. Yep. And then Kellendall, uh, who is our lead writer uh, on the website right now, putting out some great stuff. And Sin Slayer, who does a lot of our – if you watch any of our videos, you see that really cool front that we have on our, any of our videos. Yeah. That's him. Nice. That's him. Nice. Very yeah. talented. So, Serving our yeah. country, and we're very proud of him. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. it's really cool, man. Our cast is just – I mean, really – it's we've become really fast friends really early on. And, and it's just – I think it shows in our in, in the in the – quality of the product we put out you know no really totally does. your guys' show is like you said i mean we've we've known about you guys for a while now and you've had us on and we're, we're fans so uh it's uh we're yeah. definitely happy to return the favor and have you uh on the show with us and it's it sounds oh, like yeah. you guys are uh having some success so for anybody out there listening if you have not heard old republic radio definitely need to check them out at oldrepublicradio.net and uh, as you can tell you know Ivan has no personality at all, so his show's really boring. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, you, it might put you to sleep. I know They're, these guys are awesome, but uh, and seriously, thank you guys for being guests on the show and hanging out with us tonight. And uh, I want to kind of move on into um, Star Wars: The Old Republic land now. Wait, um, Ivan for president, 2012. He's running. Oh, old, yeah. He's, he's running. He's running as an old Republican party. We're gonna have a. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I think uh, Dave needs that some applause for that. There you go. <laughs> Dave worked hard on that one all week. I could tell. We're gonna have a TOR there's, primary. Got to work on your timing there. There's, timing. there's smoke coming out of my ears. I could, I couldn't get in. Andy and Andy and uh, Ivan the Terrible were just going at it. I, there was like war in Russia or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I don't I don't talk. What are you talking about? Yeah, and I don't talk at all. I'm shy. Anyways. Very quiet podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Tim. Tim, can you shut up and let the rest of us say something? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for my cricket noise. Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's move on and talk about uh, talk about the actual game now. So Star Wars: The Old Republic. There is a lot of stuff going on out there in a TOR land, and we want to touch on a few of the uh, topics. One of them is a new interview with Jeff Dobson, the art director for TOR, which actually just went live on RepublicTrooper.com today. And Jeff kind of gives some insights into uh, the art team and what their processes are and how they work with the other teams and things like that. Um, what did you guys think about that article today? I thought it was very artfully done. <laughs> very insightful. He's on fire. My, my mic was ah. muted or I would have laughed, yeah. <laughs> I really liked how he sort of broke down the different art teams because uh, being a production artist myself in my day job, we have those different art teams. And there's like when you say you're a graphic artist, that doesn't necessarily mean you sit there and put all the brochures together. Sometimes you're a typesetter or you sit there and create the you know the preliminary art that someone else ends up finishing and things like that. 
And I was really interested to see how many different art teams they had. Like, I guess they had someone who did, you know, all the theory and all of the development process and then someone who ends up finishing it. But they have a lot more depth to their art team than I actually thought about. He made a lot of mention of, like you said, very specific teams. Like there was concept artists and then 3D artists and then there was world artists and then there was... um, you know, visual effects artists and there was GUI artists and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, the, the whole process sounded sounded uh, uh, pretty cool. What did you think about it, Dave? I thought it was amazing. In fact, I actually went and I sat down and uh, went through all the credits. You guys know you can actually click on the credits at the bottom left of the client. That's that area you click by real quick, usually saying, come on, load server quick. I got to get onto my crack. I mean, <laughs> load into my character. Hey, oh, I, yeah, listen to, I watch all the credits. I've the, seen the that, credits, but I haven't seen it yet. I recommend you sit down and you just you see the um, you see the hundreds of people that have worked and still continue to work on the game in that list. And it's uh, it's awe inspiring. I think uh, he was responding to somebody saying that customer service or something was outsourced to uh, another continent recently and or all the programming was outsourced and uh, Stephen Reed responded uh, tell that to the hundreds of people in this building and when you look at that list you see he is not exaggerating whatsoever I've heard from a lot of people that they don't like the graphics in the game like I don't and you know like people are making little one-off comments and they're like you like somebody somebody just I think even in a a comment on on our article or uh, on our site recently they were comparing uh, Star Wars Galaxies graphics to TOR graphics and saying that Star Wars Galaxies was like hands down better and I mean, there's just, you know, it's like apples and oranges. You can't even compare them. So I, I did think that was interesting, though, that a lot of people seem to be really upset about the graphics and imagery in the game. And I don't know about you guys. I mean, I think they're okay. I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're terrible. I mean, it's kind of like on par with where WoW was when WoW launched, right? I think they're phenomenal when compared to the MMO scale, and they're good when compared to contemporary graphics. They're they're nothing groundbreaking for a first-person game. I mean, even Mass Effect 2, of course, which is their own game, is better looking. But whenever you make an MMO, you have to get it on as many people's systems as possible for several years of technology to, to span a lot of different systems. For MMO graphics, like I was saying, I, I think there's some of the best out there. Now, there's definitely glitches. There's definitely graphics glitches that need to be fixed, like the, the green walls and... and Effects yeah, but those like are that, bugs. or those guns. Are minor, though, you know. Yeah, or or guns. There's lots of stuff that can take away from the experience a little bit, like guns staying in your hand on the back of your hand when you're riding on your or, speeder, or pointing at your face when you pull the trigger. I've seen that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but when the graphics actually work, when you look at the worlds, and it seems like the art team got more proficient as they went along. When you look at the worlds and you go through leveling, as you get further and further, uh, I'm sorry, but I don't see how people can say the art isn't phenomenal especially if they've leveled up past the 30s because the world start becoming gorgeous i agree with you on that dave because i mean honestly anyone who if if all we're going to go off of and i think i when i've talked to a lot of people who say the graphics suck i say okay well there's a lot of graphics in this game what about the graphics that you like and people typically go to character models first and i was like you know outside of okay character models sure whatever they they may not be the greatest thing in the world but look at the world art that's done in this game i mean anyone who thinks the graphics aren't good in this game go to alderaan for a minute and just go look around because it is absolutely beautiful 
It's amazing. And the different environments that we walk through from the starting worlds that we start on all the way through into Ilum, I think they've done a phenomenal job on keeping the backgrounds fresh. And and art, we don't give enough credit to, just like I think in MMOs, we don't give enough credit to music. Um, they're, they're background pieces that, that we take for granted. And, and I think these guys have done a stand-up job with it. Yeah, I was just on All Around recently, and... I actually remember literally stopping. This this is no like BS here. I'm not trying to talk Bioware up. I did. I, I stopped and actually just looked around going, wow, this is really cool looking because I've spent so much time on other planets and, and ones that are a lot more dingy and darker, like, you know, Narshada or uh, Nalhada or, you know, Belmore, you know, things that are a little bit more uh, darker and run down. And you get to all the around, you're like, this is gorgeous. And I didn't spend, you don't get to spend enough time on that planet, I don't think. So I agree. <laughs> I think that the world graphics are really, really good. Kind of to Ivan's point too, you know, I, I, I hear the same thing. You know, when, when you ask people, like you said, you know, there's a ton of graphics in the game. So like, what, are, what is your beef? Is it like effects or world or character? I, I hear it too. It's, oh, character, it's character models. But I think what people are complaining about isn't necessarily the graphics. Like I actually think it's the, graphics, the lack. It's the of lack character. of customizations. It's yeah. the the character right. models themselves look good, but I do agree. And you know what? I was I was I've been let down with just about every major MMO probably since WoW, and even WoW kind of let me down a little bit. Is there still hasn't been one that has that like City of Heroes style character customization where I can change everything and change the color of everything? And there, this there is one limited. game that had that, Andy. Uh, this game, City of Heroes, has that City of Heroes level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you, I should oh give God. you. A, Although, I should give you a applause for that. The City of Heroes thing. Again. Also, you design your the clothing you wear. Where in tour, you pick it up as you go along. So there's some limitations there. I think. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, but really, e even for the character customizations in in, in Tor, I think um, I think people's biggest beef was the the body the body frames. You only get four choices, which mm -hmm. even even I was kind of surprised about that. But I mean, graphically though, it's not like they look. They look bad or, you know, I don't know. I just, I think it's funny that a lot of people seem to kind of be complaining about the graphics. But I remember when I started WoW, people were complaining about the graphics. They're like, it doesn't look realistic. It looks cartoony. And yeah. it's kind of like a little deja vu moment. But, you know. Um, One thing. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry to interrupt. One thing I'd like to point out that a lot of people may not know. And this, this absolutely jumped out for me. Whereas a lot of games will come out and certain aspects of the game are done very artfully. You know, these zones are at least done better than those zones. One thing that uh, since early days in EQ that I noticed was raiding zones are almost always very drab for the first raiding zones. Plane of Fear was drab for EverQuest. Plane of Hate was drab. Uh, and Molten Core even for a while yeah. was very, very drab. When you go into the first operations, when you get into Eternity Vault and Karaga's Palace, if you haven't been there, wait till you see the level of detail in the first two operations. It is stunning. Tim, you want to add something? Yeah, I was just going to ask: Is are people paying attention more to the graphics now because you're not looking at the back at the back head of your tune, and <laughs> now that you're actually, you know, you're getting cutscenes where you're seeing the front of your the front of your tune, which is something you don't see in other MMOs. You know. That's a good point, and that, that actually brings up a, a, another topic that was kind of a big deal about the, the high-res versus low-res textures, and they did a lot of that stuff because of the cutscenes, right? Um, and I don't even necessarily know all the details. I guess there wasn't like a medium resolution setting or something like that for your video settings, so everybody was getting 
high quality settings and it was making the game lag or something. But I, I agree. I think I think that people are just nitpicking at this point. You know what I mean? It's like I, I personally have no problem with any of the, the graphics. I just I hear people constantly complaining about them and I'm kind of surprised. Jeff Dobson was talking about it in, in some of his stuff. He's like, dude, they they want to his quote was like, you know, we want to go bigger and better and in and, and, and you know blow your mind even more than than what they've already kind of done with TOR. So I think uh, in the months ahead, we'll we'll uh, hopefully see some some new and even cooler stuff coming out of those guys, I guess. Well, I guess yeah. also one other piece, though, aren't we going to see anti-aliasing brought into 1.1, the new patch? So that that might change some things real quick, too, for everyone. You know, that's that's the perfect transition because that's actually the next topic was uh, tomorrow's maintenance and uh, maintenance day tomorrow. And it's going to be um, from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. Um, Central Standard Time or as I like to call it, BST, BioWare Standard Time. It is. Uh, <laughs> it really is, man. Um, it's. Uh, but part of the patch or part of the maintenance window is the deployment of patch 1.1, which they are calling Rise of the Rackles. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of fixes in this too, and anti-aliasing is supposed to be one. Um, what do you guys or what do you guys know about patch 1.1 and what's what's happening with the game tomorrow? More stuff. Definitely yeah, uh, more stuff. The Rackles are rising. You know. <laughs> I I've I have to say I've been really busy this week, so I'm a little bit behind. I know that there is there's a new instance, there's a new level fifty instance, and then um, there's supposed which, to be, it's that Kaon under siege, I believe it's called, right? Isn't it a level which, fifty instance? Yes, it's fifty normal and uh and hard mode, and it's pretty much uh Left for Dead meets Aliens. Um, you go in, you fight a bunch of mutated stuff like the Rackles, hence Rise of the Rackles, and. Uh, supposedly you only have like flashlights and stuff. It's supposed to be very ominous and hard to see. You can only see in the direction you're looking or something like that. So yeah. Like, is it, is it a whole new planet too or not? It, or is it just the it, instance? Of, of course it is. Remember Bioware has to build up to 500 planets. Yeah. No, that's James Olin said that as a joke. People took it seriously <laughs> that do not take my public trooper has said that you'll run out. No, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a new planet. No, that's that's cool. But I, I'm I'm kind of honestly, I mean, I'm I've I don't have as much playtime, so I'm not even I'm not even max level yet. So I'm like, oh my god, they're already releasing new content on me. Like I'm gonna be way behind now. But I'm, uh, I'm with you there, Andy. Too. I'm I'm not yeah, there either. <laughs> yeah, I'm still below forty. So am I. I. I was all excited. I hit like I barely hit thirty five like yesterday, and I was like doing happy <laughs> dance, you know. And everyone else is like, I, dude, why are you so slow? I just finally got my legacy, so don't I, I won't judge. <laughs> I have so that's my that's my beef. Totally off topic, but it's like I want to get my legacy, and I know I'm close, but I'm like an MMO completionist. So once I hit a planet, I stay in that zone until I've done everything. So I'm like on Tatooine now, and I'm like way out leveled the quests, but I have to finish them before I move on to Alderaan or whatever the next planet is. So, Andy, uh, I, have, I have one thing to say to you. You go to Belsavis around early 40s, and the Eternity Vault's there. You cannot leave Belsavis while leveling until you've cleared Eternity Vault solo. Cool. I'm I just saying. To, I'm just, I'll I mean, take 15 your, people with me. <laughs> it's it's your rule, I mean. Uh, <laughs> it is my rule. I mean, outside of, yeah, obviously outside of the Flashpoint stuff. I'm talking just like normal quests, but... But yeah, I get caught up in it. But I know, um, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, tomorrow is, it's not even a month after full release and we're already getting new content. And then I even heard today that there's another major content patch coming in March that they said is going to be even bigger and have a whole new planet as well. And I'm very curious to see how the implementation goes. There's so many, so many aspects of it because it's the first one since the, the game has been live. A, it's new content, which is cool. They're keeping up to their promises, which is we're going to constantly be updating the game. 
I know a lot of people get really upset about uh, World of Warcraft and how their content updates came. They they ended up being you know three, four, five, six months apart. So, you know, what? Four, I've never heard that. Yeah, right. Four or five weeks after launch, I think it's pretty cool to see a major patch. Well, the some of the people in my guild were complaining that they're at fifty and they don't have a whole lot to do and they're just playing hutball and doing some other stuff trying to get ready for raiding and so I think that this them coming out of this patch is going to kind of appease some of those people that are already at 50. There let me put it this way, I've uh, I hit 50 real early and I've been playing hardcore. There's tons to do at 50. What when people say that, what they mean is there's not a lot to do that I want to do. Trust me. Right. They could spend a couple months just gearing up their companions alone. I mean, oh, yeah. they could you, you can spend months actually uh, completing your blue and purple uh, patterns for your crafting skill. I mean, there's a lot to do. It's just, you know, they might be saying, hey, there's nothing I want to do on my character, but it's out there to do if they want to. Well, well speaking of okay. that, you know, they're also nerfing biochem and cybertech with this patch, and I don't know if you gentlemen are into crafting. I, I am. So there's quite a bit of chatter. I, You know, that's that's a good point in... in um... I'm a crafter, but I, I don't have either of those, so I haven't followed it as closely. I have heard they're going to be nerfed, and I've seen, I've you know, I've skimmed some of the official forum posts, but I really can't get a straight-up explanation who, what, how, and why is happening to those crafting skills. Maybe you can uh, enlighten us. Absolutely. So as a biochem, you kind of get this these uh, healing packs, and, and there hasn't been a limitation on them, and it's kind of made them a little... OP in PvP, shall we say. And so what they're going to do is you have to be a 400 biochem to use it. And, you know, they're putting all these restrictions on it, which is it's going to help things. The Rataka, uh, the Radica med packs. Right. Um, so, you know, great, fine, whatever. Um, the healing's been reduced on those. So I, I guess that's also going to help. With cyber tech, um, the grenades, they've reduced the damage. I don't see a huge, I don't know, I, you know, I have friends who in my guild who are cyber techs and I don't see a huge burst of damage from these, but apparently there's been some chatter that it's, it's making them overpowered. They're getting extra, you know, damage points and PVP and yada, yada. So yeah, you're going to have to be a 400 cyber tech to use the, uh, the winds tech grenades now. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess technically that's a nerf. I mean, especially with the healing <laughs> patch, right? Like if they just straight up lower the amount of, 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 you know, Absolutely. Well, some some raiding guilds are not allowing you to raid unless you actually have biochem in your in your repertoire. No so, kidding. Wow. Yeah, and I think no kidding. Issue. What's that, Mike? Yeah. And I think that's that's actually one of the major problems is all of a sudden people are limiting people from playing because they don't have a skill. Yep. And I know that's that is definitely something Bioware did not want to happen. Oh, you know what's they're funny? They're not gonna be able to stop that though. Before before the game launched. Uh, a couple weeks beforehand, and in the last couple weeks again, I mentioned beforehand when people were asking what's best, and then recently when people were talking about dropping some skills, specifically for biochem, I said, guys, never go, hey, my thing seems too weak and this seems better because I'm going to switch it because I guarantee you if that's what you think and that's what a lot of people think, they're going to see it and they're going to balance it. That's why you should just keep whatever skill you enjoy and it will get addressed if there's a problem with it. Well, because that's that's what they did to slicing in beta. I mean, you pretty much, if you didn't take slicing it on your character, you were kind of a moron. <laughs> Unless you didn't want to be, like, filthy rich, you know? And what do they do? They nerf the crap out of it for full launch. Like, Yep. And it's funny because I, I still, I'm still a slicer. Um, 
Oh, it's and still viable. I, I still love it. But it's not like what it was. I mean, I, I was making oodles of cash with just running the stupid missions. You know, it was oh, like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll pay 100 credits to run a mission, and I'll get a canister that has like 800 credits in it. You know, it was ridiculous. Yeah, the, the return, the, the investment on return is, is definitely a lot less. But uh, what I have found is it seems to be a pretty good balance of if I take slicing and don't take other crafting skills, like, say, cybertech. I can then go on, you know, the Galactic Trade Network there, and, and because I have some extra credits from slicing, I can then buy the things that I could otherwise make. Um, and then if you have things where you're crafting those items, you don't have to go out and buy them. So, I, I think you can get your your toys any way you want. Uh, it just depends on what you find easiest for you and what you find that you like to do instead. I'm. I might be mistaken, but I, I'm pretty sure that biochem is one of the ones that is limited in that capacity. Where to use? Yeah, uh, it is. Where to use uh -huh. most of the stuff? You have to have the skill already, because I know a lot of the uh, biochem people I know were complaining that they can't sell their stuff on GTN because no um, one buy it. I do know those super uh, the super stim packs that buff you. Uh, Vel makes. I, I carry stacks of them around the blue stim packs that are 105 or 104 endurance. 24 defense and they last two hours through death those are tradable and you don't get anything like that the one the, the ones that you can't trade and the ones that you can't use unless you have the skill are the reusable ones like you have a, a stim that you can inject in yourself and you only need one because in a minute and a half you can do it again yeah you're you're talking about the health packs and yeah every just like our just like uh, armor mech has two um two 140 pieces that are for yourself only. What I'm saying is there is a lot of good stuff that is tradable in bio. There's a lot. Oh yeah, so, definitely. Uh, yeah, and so, but that's that was my impression at first too. People are like, oh, my skill's kind of useless. It, everything I have can only be used by me. And I was like, really? No, it's nothing like that. It's it's one or two of your best things can only be used by you. But there's so much more in that skill that can be traded and used by other players. Yeah, I didn't know about the rating aspect that people weren't letting people raid without biochem. But I PvP'd quite a bit. Now, granted, I, I haven't PvP'd at level well, 50. Life out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, as a, you know, as a trooper and a smuggler, I never had trouble killing people. I'll be honest. Even if they popped that med pack and I saw their health go back to half, they were still dead by the time they got to me. So I guess I'm all as fair for biochem as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> What you're saying is troopers and smugglers need to be nerfed. That's what I heard. No, no. I'm <laughs> troopers are awesome. Smugglers are a nice close second. Way oh, back that's there. funny. Hey, wait, guys. I have, a, I have an important question because I heard some people talking about this. Now, if any of your classes can't completely beat every other class in every aspect of the game, then they're unbalanced, right? And they need to be nerfed. Is that correct? Uh, all as far I know, as I know. Rock. And, and that's the end of the argument. It's just troopers rock and... Everybody should just play Troopers and be done with it. Nerf Trooper. Oh, my God. I just lost my job. Yeah, exactly. You're fired. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Uh, besides that, what else is uh, – I think that's probably much, pretty much it for patch 1.1, right? I know anti-aliasing oh, was in it. No, there's so much going on. There's a lot. Yeah, there's some bug fixes, some PvP fixes, some UI fixes. Um, Let me help you. Items. Yeah, enlighten us. Let me give you a general thought. On my show, we just we just finished our second week on patch 1.1. 1. 1. 
So, I mean, we're talking about fixes to companions. So, like, here's one of my favorite ones is, like, now when you shut off a companion's ability, um, it stays off even after they're dead. So Corso's not going to be constantly grappling Whoa. people right in front of your face when you're undercover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope they change the code that every time you go to loot something that your companion stands right on top of where your mouse needs to click. <laughs> they haven't got that one yet. Where, where They haven't got the one where uh, uh, they haven't got the, the, the fix where uh, Kim Ball will no longer stand in front of the elevator button. Yeah, right. Just... <laughs> right. It's like freaking move. <laughs> I hate that. But uh, there's so much going on in this thing. And, and really, if you read, because there's, there's two different patch 1.1 patch note sets and you go through the first set it's just all these like a whole bunch of minor game fixes that like we'll all notice after the fact but it's like a ton of quality of life a ton of just smoothing the thing out like guard the guard mechanic they've improved that a little bit by now having a graphic over the like if you're guarding somebody there's actually a graphic over you as a tank saying we will know that you are actually guarding someone at that moment in time Things of that nature. There's just a ton of stuff and a lot of fixes we've noticed to flashpoints and operations to start optimizing those and making those uh, run a little more efficiently and better. Do you know if one of those fixes for the flashpoints is rebalancing some of the bosses? Because I know that it is. Okay, because I found a lot of times you get to the flashpoint and you're going okay, you're doing okay, and all of a sudden you get to one boss that just wipes you over and over again. They've done a lot of adjustment on hit points, damage, the bosses. They haven't. They haven't, ner- they haven't nerfed many bosses, if no. that's what you're thinking. But they have adjusted it so that the there's that one, I think it's in, um, oh, what is that? What is the operation? What's the first major operation? Oh, in turn- Cargus Palace, too. They've also, the- apparently one of the bosses was attacking as soon as they fall into the pit. Yeah. And so members weren't able to get their... their- bearings and so they've changed that as well and i so. think there was there was a wipe there was a, a boss that was wiping everybody in the eternity vault and they've gotten that fixed too for this patch too yeah i, I think what mike was talking about was uh troopers who are overpowered getting beat up like little girls <laughs> but uh yeah, exactly so mo- most of the flashpoint bosses are actually what a ridiculous w- concept are, are, are pretty well balanced HK47 did have the wrong hit points but yeah um most of the fixes are to like Let's put it this way. We tear through eight-man normal. I mean, we do eight-man normal in an hour flat start to finish now at this point. We tried it on 16-man, and people were getting wrecked, and that's because uh, that's because they're fixing that bug where the missiles are doing twice as much damage on the Annihilator droid on the first boss as they're supposed to. So that was just a bug that was way off balance. Patch 1.1 is uh, coming tomorrow for everybody out there. Rise of the Rackles. Um, that's the first content patch to the game since the game is launched. So uh, everyone's pretty excited about that. Um, mm-hmm. And the game should be back online by 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, which would be uh, 8 a.m. or 11 a.m., uh, I believe, Eastern. So um, now, now by tomorrow, do you mean yesterday? Uh, well, yeah, I guess it depends where you're at, right? Um, when you, Or where you're listening to this, that's a good point. It would be yesterday if this goes out on Wednesday. Uh, but let's see, another topic, uh, speaking of... Uh, Mr. Timothy DeBlock, also known as Lanville, he wrote a good article for us um, on securing your account. And uh, it was posted on the site a couple days ago, and it seemed to uh, uh, start a lot of conversation about different aspects of how you can secure your account, whether it's through a security key or um, password combinations or, you know, just different kind of practices that you follow. I know Stephen Reed, you know, took notice of it somehow, which was kind of cool. And he retweeted it to all of his people as well and, uh, made, you know, gave you some nice comments about it. But, uh, did any of you have a chance to, um, 
check that article out or do you have any thoughts on account security in general? Yeah, I uh, I agree with a lot of the points that were made in there. Uh, but one and one of the things that was brought up was the idea that once you secure it with the with the little fob, if you got like the collection edition and came with that, there's no easy way to change it to your phone unless you call like customer service. Dude, uh, I I am going through that process right now. I actually emailed on Friday and I haven't even gotten a response from them yet. And it's now, you know, well, when we're recording this, it's end of the day Monday. Um, I didn't even get an autoresponder, so I have to send another message because I'm I'm kind of peeled about that. I mean, I know they're busy, but it's like at least send me an email that says you like got my email or you can help me or I'm screwed. Uh, uh, Andy, I, I will tell you, I put in a ticket of an in-game item, and it took them about five days to get back to me. And when they got back to me, it was an extremely in-depth email. But I think they are pretty busy, so oh. I, I think. I think stuff's pretty cued. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and for me, it's it's not a big deal. But I'm I'm like Mike. One of the things um, I don't think that was mentioned in the piece um, is that you know, like I I'm assuming like most people here. I mean, I ordered a collector's edition, so it it came with the key fob. I had one on my WoW account since the day they came out, and mm -hmm. I, I love that that practice. And it, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt, but it, I've never ever knock on wood had my an MMO account hacked ever. Um, and hopefully, I'll maintain that in TOR. I set up my physical security key, and, and like Mike said, once I found out they had the Android app, I'm like, sweet, I want to put it on my phone. Well, I can't until customer service somehow delinks the physical security key from mm -hmm. my account. I actually can't do it manually. So right now, I'm, I'm kind of screwed. I have to like essentially keep my keychain around everywhere I go. See, that doesn't make any sense because if you have the serial number and the key fob in front of you, you should be able to put it in. Like when you want to take it off, you should be able to hit, hit the key fob, put those numbers in, the serial number, and take it off your account. Right. Oh. And that's what I was expecting. And apparently that's the way the system is, quote, supposed to work. But they haven't been able to implement that side of it yet oh. for launch. So um, there was a post about it somewhere where one of the yellows was like, yeah, you know, it, it's on the list of to do's. Like, you got to bear with us. We'll get to it. So hopefully, you know, in a month or two, it won't be as, as big of a deal. But I remember, you know, they were like, hey, we have key fobs. I was like, sweet, I'm going to set it up. And then a week later, they're like, hey, we have mobile apps. And it's like, damn it, I can't <laughs> use it, you know. <laughs> So hopefully I'll hear from that. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, have any of you guys ever had uh, account hacking experiences or any any kind of experiences that have to do with like account security or anything like that? Yeah, dude, I stole like 14 world. <laughs> oh, you mean yeah. from the side of uh, uh, no, not at all. Uh, my uh, I, I personally know my fiance's had her wow account stolen twice. Um, and that that was before she got the key fob. But. I remember we were in um, Georgia visiting my brother, and she got a phone call from one of her friends saying, hey, are you on WoW right now? And we're like, no, we don't have Dude. internet access where we are. And they're like, well, you're on. So, yeah, That's she, the worst. she's had a lot of experience with that. And it, I can tell you it's frustrating because those people just take everything from your account. And it's, it's, it feels kind of... And also, I know it lowered her desire to play the game anymore once your account's stolen more than once. Right. Well, yeah, it happened to her twice, <laughs> dude. That's, that's funny. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, I, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan of like, hey, you know, Bioware released that, so like you must go buy it. But I have to say for, for people out there, if you don't have an iPhone or an Android phone, or I should say if you have an iPhone or an Android phone, and you don't have a, a security key, download the app. It's free. Set it up. It's totally worth it. If you want to actually have it, the, the physical key, it's it's worth the four bucks. 
you know, somebody posted from Europe, I guess the Europeans get hosed a little bit in Europe. They have to pay like $13 for it. But even still, that's that's kind of like the cost of one month of subscription. So I would still fork down the money to have it because it really does add a, a, a big level of security. And it's absolutely easy because I just downloaded it and uploaded it to my account right now as you guys were talking. Yeah. So, and I have a smartphone. So yeah, exactly. literally it took moments. Right. It's pretty basic. Right. Yeah. It's super simple. You just go download it, install it on your phone, then you log in and it'll tell you the numbers to enter into the app and you're good to go, you know? Oh, and now you'll know... be able to remove it again. Right. All yeah, exactly. Is after reading... Uh... Tim Timothy's great article there, Lanville. I went and I changed my secret questions because I had stuff like, you know, what number comes after one? And I figured people might be able to figure that one out. I had, you know, if, you know, you have the color red, what's the other color of Christmas? And people <laughs> were telling me you could figure some of these out pretty easy. So I changed it. <laughs> you got to be kidding me, Andy. Or Dave. <laughs> I was to say that's, that's not Andy. Yeah, it's not Andy. Sorry, man. I was just freaking out uh, no, there for a minute. No, that's His awesome. Password is also one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> not to give that away. It, <laughs> hey, it's it's password, but it's all capitals. That makes it hard. Not... <laughs> oh, well, I think it's genius. I, I think it's a funny conversation because I mean it's one that's come up on our show quite a bit to the point where actually uh, I made a a spoof commercial for it this week um, called the Mandalorian security system. Nice. Where where like if you order it. <laughs> If someone hacks your account, we'll send a Mandalorian bounty hunter out to find the hacker and encase him in carbonite so you can hang him on your wall. Things like that. Just just weird stuff, you know. But it is it is like a really hot topic, you know, of account security because I, I got hacked in WoW. Uh, somebody stole my account for like a week and was, gold, was like selling gold through my name, through my character. It was crazy. And it was like weird like the week that I just chose not to play, oddly enough. And my wife uh, actually said that, that she was approached by me to buy gold from me. But it wasn't me. It was kind of cool. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, dude. You come home from work. She's like, "Where's my, where's my gold?" It's like, uh, I think. Are you at work? I thought you didn't. Okay, that's weird, dude. Right, that's yeah. classic. Mm -hmm. That's classic. Mm -hmm. But uh, okay, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that was a really good piece, Lamble. So, thanks for uh, writing that, and congratulations on uh, it getting uh, noticed from Bioware and uh, you know starting a, a pretty good conversation i felt in the community about uh, account security but moving on to the next topic one of our other writers dunnick wrote a piece and it was his impressions on the gunnery spec um for commandos in pvp and uh, his piece seemed to be a little bit controversial it generated a lot of disagreement amongst people and there was um there was back and forth amongst people on our site in the comments, on our site in the forums, on Reddit, on Twitter. What have your guys' experience been with the gunnery tree for Commando in PvP? Or what do you think or what are your thoughts are about his piece? Like are you are you on the side of Dunnock where it's where he thinks it seems to be a little more difficult? Or are you anti and you think uh, you know you can kind of PvP as a commando successfully um, in the gunnery spec? Wait, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna be prophetic here. Anyone who's a commando will say it is very difficult. He's not wearing pants. Everyone else will say it's easy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll say nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or everyone will everyone will be here to be I drum have roll. an admission. Uh-oh. We're waiting. <laughs> that was I loud. only just started my trooper tune. I've Ooh. I've never played one. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, never I just played hit 50 one. on my on my FI. So I I delved into the realm of goodness. Oh my gosh. Do you, what do you so what do you think? I'm crying I, here just so you No, know. it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm having a good time with it. But you know, it, I I was I was a bad girl in Star Wars Galaxy and you know, I told myself, "Oh, I'm going to play Sith. It's going to be great." And then shiny armor and oh. 
I was sucked into the goodness. It was funny. I was, you know, I was a, totally off topic. I was the same way when I played SWG. I was like total bad guy, total imperial, you know, running around causing problems for the Republic all the time. I wanted to play Sith. In this game, I ended up not just to, you know, to play with friends and stuff like that. But uh, Trooper is a lot of fun. But I, I'm the same boat. Trooper Trooper's not my main. I am not actually the Trooper writer on the website. I'm only the web guy. So uh, well, I'm I, curious I have a to hear what, what the opinions were of <laughs> PvP, Andy. I mean, what what was what was the commotion? Because I'm getting to the point where I'm going to start PvPing. I haven't chosen my advanced class yet. Well, and and I'd love to have some advice. On where I mean, to go. some of the, some of the piece, some of the things that Dunnick was talking about were. Um, just like cast well basically in general a lot of people what they say is that the assault um the assault specialist tree is the way to go for pvp because it makes you more mobile it makes you uh it makes you more mobile you have more um um like movement style effects like clips and you know crowd controls and, and things like that you know he was just talking about like you stand out right because a commando is not very mobile so i'm gonna i'm gonna do like mortar barrage or i'm gonna do um you know cryo grenade or things like that all of those have like two and three second casting times and, and well, you can't move no, and you're no, stuck cry cryo grenade has no casting time it's instant oh what's the grenade there's the grenade for commando plasma, that... Pla plasma, bo Pla yeah. plasma bomb and, uh, that's and you're thinking inhale a bolts and, and right right that's and you know what? I'm going to go with what Bioware does. Only certain people are cleared to talk about certain topics. You are not cleared to talk about <laughs> commandos, Andy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I play a DPS commando. I do use the gunnery tree, and I have PvP. What I could, what I could say about the topic is this. It, it's that that particular spec is good for PvP in certain aspects, and it's poor for PvP in other aspects. What... To maximize its usefulness, you have to play a different role depending on the warfront. Like in uh, Alderaan, uh, a lot of times I'll actually stake out one of our areas that we've already captured. Like if you have the center area and you go up on the platforms on either side, you can overlook people coming in. And it doesn't matter where they run. Within a certain area, you can gun them down. Right. And because they're going to go right for that center and try to capture it. You've got AOE abilities you can launch before they get off any kind of capture abilities. If they're stealth, um, you could do AOE abilities and unlock them out of stealth. There's all kinds of uh, abilities you can do. You just have to sort of realize when you can be effective with those casting times and when they're going to be a hindrance to you. I know in Hutball, I have a whole lot of trouble because it's. Everyone is running and moving around. Um, and a lot of times I just have to end up using the ones where you slow them or you cryo-grenade them. Well, uh, he was you, you know what, though? Oh, That's, th those are the indicators of – and this is funny because it's been coming up a lot in just the last couple days. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I was on our event just before this listening to some people cursing the other teams, how they were overpowered and this and that. And this is a mindset that – that once again, I think, came in when games became more social and, and, and games started getting designed around, hey, yeah, you can play in groups, but you can solo pretty much the entire game up to a point. That's, that's a dual-edged sword. I don't know how many times I heard back in WoW, like in Alterac Valley, like, man, what a jerk-off. I completely had this guy beat until two of his friends jumped in. Two of right. Are you in an honor <laughs> duel? Are you in an honor duel for your girlfriend's hand in marriage? I mean, yeah, there's a reason it's exactly, forty on dude. forty. Ten so what paces. You're, what you're saying is you had him until the other team was smarter than you. I mean, that th that's that's the part that I don't understand. And 
I think a, a lot of people really want their characters to be invulnerable and everybody else to be well, their punching bag. And, and kind of to answer um, Azalis's original question to me was, I, and I pulled up his article to get the exact quote because I knew it was in there somewhere. Essentially what he says is he says, quote, I feel defenseless when our point defenses are on their longer cooldown. So um, he's talking about, he's talking about, you know, what I feel to be, and I, I don't know, almost like situational awareness, right? Like, like playing a commando. I played commando exclusively in beta and it was, it was, when I, when I PvP'd, there was a lot of abilities that I generally wouldn't use unless I knew I could get the full effect out of them. And it was mostly my stuff that was, you know, AoE style or cast over time. I agree with that. Uh, to be truthful, that's when I'm main tanking our operations and we're doing a, a harder, uh, a hard mode boss for the first time and I run out of my cooldowns. And, and I, don't, I don't mean this sarcastically. I mean it literally. I get that feeling of, oh shit, dude. It, it's out of my hands. I can't do anything to help the healers. It's all up to them. So right. I feel that same. I think you feel that same way when your cooldowns are gone on any character you know, in any role. The one thing I the one thing I have noticed in in playing a commando versus playing some of the other classes is um, I'm kind of laughing here in our chat. Everyone is having the debate about commandos and if they wear pants. <laughs> Side note, but no, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're all adults here on this show. You know, don't worry about us. No, but um, highly, highly adult. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I was going to say I felt the trooper was the trooper was the one class where I really feel that they were a, a little bit harder to play than others in just in the lack of like you have so many different choices to like do damage and is it overtime or is it not? And when you were at lower level, like um, Dave, when you or I were we're playing that one time at beta, you know, you were sticky grenading everyone. And I was like, wow, you still use sticky grenade. Like I, I almost never used that ability, but for levels like one through say 15, that was my combat opener, you know, but as I, as I kind of out leveled it, it, it became more like utility. And I only used it here and there. I kind of have a feeling that's the way it is. If, if you want to go gunnery and PVP, I mean, gunnery is, 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 uh, you know, one of the commando DPS specs, I wouldn't say it's personally a, a PvP-oriented spec, but that doesn't mean that you can't be effective in PvP with it, I would say, right? Yeah, but yeah, I think I can contest to that. Yeah. And and once again, it, it all comes down to the role you're playing. For a commando, I can absolutely see that. For a vanguard, sticky grenade stays viable all throughout because it's an instant opener. And if there's a group of mobs, it's early aggro for me, well, which, is right, more important, which, right. which is more important to me. And when you start doing... Flashpoint, especially uh, at level 50 in the hard modes, uh, after you have your crowd control going, if you hit another mob with sticky away from the crowd control, it's another few seconds of opening crowd control. Right. So, so that that's really that's where I started kind of using it was just in like in crowd control situations. The reason I don't consider it an instant opener is because there's like a three second delay before it actually does damage or does crowd control and it aggros all the mobs as soon as you throw it. That's why I would always like to open with like a mortar barrage or something where at least from the minute I cast it, I'm actually damaging them while they run at me. And then after they run at me, I might throw a sticky on one of them while I, you know, do something. I think I just where... like seeing a grenade on their face. It I is kind of funny. I was so happy when they fixed the bug that it didn't blow up after the mob died. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> oh man. I need to. I need to send that gunny to call, talk to the requisition officer and check out my gear. Yeah, exactly. I think. 
I think the thing too, though, is like, you know, we're so early in the game right now too. And you know what I'm noticing when we look at like, even let's go, we can go back to 1.1 patch 1.1. What I'm noticing a lot when they, when you're looking at classes and the things that they're changing, what you're seeing a lot is cooldown times are changing. Some are getting less and some right. are growing, things like that. And, I, and if, if it's these subtle nuances that are, they're balancing a combat, uh, I say bravo. I mean, because if if that's what it takes, rather than, oh, we're going to have to nerf half your abilities and blah, 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 rather than say, well, we're going to cut your uh, cooldown time down by half a second. Right. You know, well, we're gonna that's, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big deal. You know, and I, and I think really honestly, you know, we've got a lot of really, I think from beta, we've got a lot of those really classic builds right now that, that people are like, yeah, these work. But I, I'm just waiting for like another four, six weeks when you get those like experimenters going on, those guys who like respec for a living and they right. find this like really weird spec and as a trooper they're just mowing everyone down. They're like, whoa, what's your spec? And it's like, well, it's two points in this box and 14 over here. And you, you know, it's like that, yeah. You know what's nice too? You can still do that in this game, which you could do in WoW yeah. in the earlier days. Yeah. But you know what? People are like, oh, wow, wow's dumbing down the talents again. Uh, not really. All they're doing is taking away the visual changes because for the last couple talent changes, they've given you enough points. They consolidated so much in wow that there were mm -hmm. like two points you couldn't have in your chosen tree. So when it came right down right. to it, it's like it's like I have every actual combat ability in this talent tree. Uh, so do I want to run 5% faster or gate five minutes earlier? I mean, th th those were the choices you had to make. It wasn't actually like, uh, do I want to be better at AOE damage or do I want to be better at single target damage in this tree? Because you had it all anyway. You know, I noticed a lot of people like try to say, well, wow, this is I've heard a lot of other podcasts even say that this, the, the, this skill tree system is so outdated. I, I tend to disagree with that, though, because I think this really leaves us so many options when it comes to PvP, like just experimenting to find those those perfect little combinations that work really well for me as a player, maybe not for everyone else, but just for me, you know, and things like that. I, I still love this system. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's outdated. I think it's a classic. I think for uh, gunnery commandos, they just need to take the high ground. I mean, even in hotball, you can get on top of the, the catwalks there and just shoot down on people. Usually they're running the ball around down below. Uh, even as a healer, I'm sitting up there either waiting for a ball pass or I'm healing my, my guys below, and people don't look up. Yeah. And you can do that You can do that in Alderaan in the middle. I've sat there up there just healing people that are fighting in the middle, and it takes them a little bit to get to – get, it takes I, them a little bit to find me. He said I like, ball we'll pass. Say that the Sith, when I've been <laughs> PvPing in Hutball, have developed a new tactic that I hate. Is that I sit up there and attack, and then they launch at me when they have the ball and run into the goal line. Oh, so, you know what? I've read about that. Like somebody was <laughs> talking about, like there's some new strategy where it's almost like a bum rush style or something like that. I, uh, there's been uh, some really good tactics out there that I've noticed. Um, but that, <laughs> I never thought about that. Taking the ball, giving it to your, you know, buffed up tank. And he just, you know, leaps at you onto the platform that you can't reach unless you run around the outside. And well, but you know, I I think Lanville makes a good point though about the commandos. That that's kind of the role, right? Like even even in in PVE, um, and, unless you're really healing, like if you're if you're doing damage for your group, you're kind of in the back of the fight. You know, you're farther away from people and you're killing people from range. And and I, I that's that's how I've always kind of played it in PVP. Is like you have your people that are going to be you know, super fast or, or stealthy or whatever. And dude, you're a support class. You're out to support those guys. I don't, I don't necessarily understand the beef. Like I, I always did good with my commando PVP. I don't know.
Well, I think, Ad, and Adam touched on this in the article, is that you kind of have to play it a little bit like a sniper because you do have to rely mm. on those long casting times. Yeah, that's the thing. You are, I mean, you are the trooper. It was, it, it comes down to that thing. Um, you have to play to your role and, and realize that the strength, especially in PvP, the strength isn't within you. The strength is within the team, okay, and how you fulfill your role in that team. If you do it right and other people do it right, then, then you beat the other team. You underestimate it's my the, power. It's the same old thing <laughs> of where rogues used to complain, oh, hunters are cheesy, they can kill me from range. Yeah, if they, if they get you at range and they detect you, they absolutely can kill you at range. That's their forte. And if a rogue got in on a hunter and the rogue knew what they were doing, it was stun locked till death. And no one should be pissed about that. The rogue shouldn't be ticked off about dying at range. Right. And the hunter shouldn't be ticked off about getting wrecked in melee. That, that's... That's their roles. You know, that that brings up a, a question for the older public radio guys. You guys seem to be pretty in tune with like all the little aspects, especially in the details of patch 1.1. What's what's changing really in PvP in patch 1.1? Um, I know well, I don't... I know, go ahead. I think they're trying to balance a lot of uh, the abilities and so forth. You know, the biggest thing in, in, in the article that you were speaking about previously, they were talking about um, imbalance and stunning. There's some some classes out there, you know, stunning left and right, and, right. and people don't feel that it, it's, it's balanced. So I think what they're going to do slowly but surely is they're going to start implementing certain things to even out those those play fields um you know getting getting bounced into acid getting bounced into fire is never fun and especially when it's consistent so hopefully that you know that will be coming very slowly but i think mainly it was just abilities not coming to pass properly in pvp uh, zones and so forth so We'll keep our fingers crossed. They they have the patch in March as well, so they have plenty of time to implement. One, I was going to say, one thing I hope that they do not do, because it's one of the things that really did a lot of damage to how WoW played, was balance the game around PvP. Because once they start balancing the entire game around PvP, then you start really killing uh, PvE. And it, if things really have to be balanced, if there are certain things that abilities... Uh, work fine for in PvE that they have to be changed for in PvP, they can code it to where it has different effects on a player than it does on an NPC. And if they go that route, I hope that's that's the way they implement it. Like, I was just going to say, like, if a 10-second stun is too much on, you know, uh, a player, then, you know, drop it to three on a player, but don't drop it to three for the entire game from now on. I think the big the big change in PvP on 1.1, uh, Andy, to answer your question, is really the commendation system. They're kind of changing that up for, like, when you do the dailies and stuff, and they right. give you rewards in the bags. The bags actually all have commendations now, so you can actually start picking your gear as opposed to, like, that random stuff popping out on you. Oh, that's cool. That's that's way yeah. easier. That's yeah. much more useful. Very useful. So that's 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 their big PvP fix right now. Plus a lot of tweaks on Illum right now. I'm noticing. Yeah, I heard a Illum lot has of a lot of problems popping up on Illum. I thought they yeah. were also working on balancing the Jedi Knight and Sith Warrior. Yeah, they're working on trying to get those guys uh, uh, propped up a little bit too. They did a really good job there because they've they've made it now that the force push instantly. I think it's like if you force push somebody, your force charge automatically cools down. And you can force push them and then charge right onto them. Oh, sweet. Yeah, for Jedi, so, and, like yeah it. it's, it's really cool. Oh, uh, man. When, I, when we were reading it, we're like, oh, that's tough. You know, like making Jedi is tough again, you know, things right. like that. So there's 
lot of good stuff coming to 1.1. Nice, nice. We have one more topic to cover, and that is our uh, weekly mess hall that we do every combat chatter. So, uh, Dave, why don't you tell us about last week's mess hall, what we had going on, and uh, what the community had to say. Last week, uh, we brought the mess hall back after uh, after we were kind of gone for the holidays. We were talking about content in the Old Republic, and uh, basically... It kind of intersects with what we were just talking about, patch 1.1 and future patches. That's the question of whether Bioware is going to be able to deliver um, this constant content update uh, schedule that they've been speaking about. And whether that content, if it is delivered uh, in a fast manner, is going to be of uh, high quality. We actually had an overwhelming amount of response at 67% was uh, that they'll be able to deliver well-crafted content at a steady pace, which is actually, uh, I'd like to point out That's that... That's the middle-of-the-road one, right? No, that, that, was, that was four out of five. Okay. Uh, so, so it was above normal, but that's the first time we actually had responses that didn't come out at the highest. So uh, I'm, that's still, of course, very high, so I'm not going to say that people do not have faith that Bioware can do this, but this is the first time that people, you know... They're not. They're not just like, hey, this is a foregone conclusion. People are like, yeah, we're pretty sure they can do this, but let's wait and see. The, the second at seventeen percent was uh, was people were sure that it will rock. The third was uh, at just eight percent that uh, that Bioware has this. They're gonna blow it out of the water. They've got it in the bag, and uh, content will update very quickly well, and at a good quality. I think that's that's interesting because kind of like you said, I mean, we do we you know for for uh, Ivan and Azalus in our in our off weeks of combat chatter, we do a community poll. We call it the mess hall, and we post mm-hmm. a topic, you know, and essentially let the community kind of vote about things, and then we talk about it on the cast. And like Dave said, this is I think this is the first time that um, the 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 best option wasn't like the majority of the votes, and it's probably because I think a lot of the a lot of the stuff around things that we've asked have to just do with like Bioware in general and everybody knows Bioware is a company like they're a great company they produce great games yada 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 but as an MMO developer and supporting an MMO I think that's where the big giant question mark is right and it's like hey do you really think that the content that they do is going to be worthwhile and is it going to be good and will it be engaging and long lasting and keep you entertained and all that kind of stuff so that's probably maybe where some of the some of the um, hesitance is coming from I guess because we don't have any experience in well, that realm with these guys yet well, I'll, well, we I'll will say tomorrow this. or yesterday, as Lanville says. I've, <laughs> I've played everything <laughs> Bioware's put out pretty much uh, on day one. And um, I'll say the only thing that has kind of left me wanting sometimes is their content updates after their games come out. Like when they do the, the small DLCs, yep. they, ha- they have been hit and miss. They've been getting more hit and less miss as time has gone on. So it seems like uh, they've been learning from that process. Uh, but of course, this is this is a little bit different than doing you know a a, uh, a DLC pack for something like Mass Effect. This is, uh, I think, uh, probably you're moving from uh, you know half a dozen to a dozen people throwing together a DLC to you know a couple hundred people who are continually working on this project. So and Dave, more to that, I don't know if you realize this, but there were years in advance in pre-production. Um, meetings and so forth with with every portion of it, and they have already in the can clear to 2013. That's what, you so know, when I've you think that about that, 
Yeah, when you think about that, they have really put a lot of concern and thought into the fact that maybe that was a lacking or a wanting in their previous productions. And it's something they really want to step up on this time. Well, they've got, oh, they've yeah, got more content to produce than any other MMO because it is fully voiced. They right. have cinematics. I mean, they've just got a lot more work they have to do to get their content out there. Absolutely. And I think they're well aware of that. And I, I truly do believe that all the time that we all sat waiting anxiously, you know, release date, release date, they really were taking notes, you know, checking into the, you know, the public and, and the gaming communities and seeing what was lacking. And I, I really, truly believe, and maybe it's just the goodness coming from you guys, I, I, I'm having faith. I think they're going to make the mark. I think they're actually going to blow clear past it. I think it's going to be amazing content. I think it's going to be consistent. And I think the changes that we see are going to be voiced from the public and fair to all. Yeah, I, t I tend to agree. Um, we This kind of came up, not not necessarily around content, but just around like Bioware's mentality in general. This came up on our last show. And throughout the entire development process, I mean, they've been pretty much upfront with, you know, with the fan sites, with the communities, like they've, they've elicited feedback, they've implemented feedback. You know, when there's bumps in the road, they explain what's going on and they're like, look, we know it's messed up. We're going to fix it. They've always been kind of very ahead of the game in, in that aspect. I mean, sure, things come up where people are like, hey, I noticed this or I noticed that. But I think generally they've told us about more things that aren't right than the other way around. And usually it seems to be the other round, other way around, in, especially in MMOs. And then it takes companies months to come up with a response. And um, it'll it'll tomorrow's going to be an interesting day. It'll be it'll be curious to see, uh, you know, when you log on and your items automatically stack in your bank and you didn't even know about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's just like, hey, yeah. cool, they're making improvements oh, the, to my game, thing, you know? Yeah, the things that are always left off the patch notes. Right. Well, uh, I, as far as content updates go, we know we'll be in trouble uh, as far as them falling behind when every Imperial NPC all of a sudden sounds like Stephen Reed, even the women. Then yeah, we know we're exactly. in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. What, I, what, I, what I'd recommend you all do is is go over to GameSpy because we just talked about this uh, in my new, in the new show that we just popped out this week. There's a really good uh, interview with James Olin talking a little bit about 1.1, but about the last 25% of that article talks about he starts going into uh, the patch due out in March where they're right. talking about war yeah. zones. They're talking I've about flashpoints. And... And and even go back into his developer blog at Swotor.com where he said, we intend to put content out on a regular cadence. Now, cadence is a pretty measurable rhythm as right. opposed to saying basis, which kind of tells me, eh, when we get to it, we'll get it there, stuff like that. It seems like they have a pretty tight schedule they're trying to stick to to constantly be popping out new stuff left and right. And it's my firm belief that they've got teams dedicated to every aspect of this game solely working on putting uh, after-launch content out, like a PvP team putting out war zones, well, things of that nature. Oh, we, we know. Well, they, they said the entire team is staying on. Yeah. Yep. After the game launch, I mean, so it's, I mean, it's That's pretty big. much like, it's pretty much like, hey, the game's launched and we keep working on it. Right. Uh, and back, you know, back like three months ago, we did an interview with Charles Boyd and, uh, you know, I don't want to reveal exactly what he said, but one of the questions we asked him was some, you know, trooper stuff coming up after launch and he, he insinuated that essentially his quote was like the minute after launch, you will start seeing new stuff. And, and I would say, you know, tomorrow is going to be what the 17th or the 18th or whatever it may be. You know, that's not even a full month from full launch and we're already getting a content update. I think well, that kind of falls in line with that. And now we find out that in another eight weeks, 
or even less than eight weeks, we're going to have another content update. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I mean? And uh, Daniel, I think that's Erickson awesome. said, Daniel Erickson said a couple months before launch that the writing team was, was pretty much done with the launch game and they were already writing uh, for the post-launch content. Um, what, what I'm very interested in and uh, what I'm sure they, they already know about and uh, I'm wondering when they're going to drop the bomb on it, uh, I want to know uh, what their plans are for the first expansion pack. And I know a lot of people are like, holy crap, you know, the game just came out, Dave. But trust me, uh, I'm sure they've got big story planned for the first expansion pack uh, and a whole bunch more. I, I bet I'd they'll be announce it like Comic-Con this year or something like they did pre-orders yeah. again. I'd be willing to bet that they're probably going to do about five or six updates a year and then pop the first expansion pack out the next year. I want to do expansion packs and updates. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm just you... curious because it doesn't seem like was, I, I played Rift before I did Tor, and it seems like they were much more of the you know we're going to do content updates, and that's sort of our thing. And I don't think they're they're going to do a big you know expansion pack or whatever. But oh, I guarantee they will. I'll bet hard money on that they're going to do full expansion packs if they're keeping an entire team of several hundred people on. Uh, not to say that big content updates aren't huge, but uh, yeah, they're going to do full expansion packs. Oh, absolutely. They, they absolutely. I think that that's a no-brainer, really, in the sense that you can look at this kind of like if you wanted to kind of compare it to a uh, an MMO, but loosely would be like Lord of the Rings Online, where they were doing like pretty frequent content updates and patches, but then you'd see them about once a year pop out a a big expansion and and and. You know, Tor's going to need that, especially with all the voice acting and, like you said, the thick story going into things. We're going to need those expansions, actually, you know, to have the large storyline to to carry on. Just because, I mean, try to put that in a patch, dude. We'll, we'll all be downloading that for like three days. Right. <laughs> I just want to know what the fifth hundred planet's going to be. Um, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. if you want to chip in, we got a PayPal account. We're trying to get enough money to get uh, James Olin completely drunk. So that he'll spill the beans. That would be awesome the, if they actually had it the, mapped out the, that far. The, if if they have a 500th planet, I'm going to guess the 500th will be Mustafar. Oh, boo. Yeah. I mean, that's why. Because that's why it's the 500th planet. They're like, oh, I guess we have to do Mustafar now. You know? Oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You know what, Ivan? That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> oh. Impressive. Search your, search your feelings, David. You know this to be true. Dude, that's... You know what? I need that's a soundboard that I need. I don't have any of my whiny Luke Skywalker soundboards. What the hell? That's because we actually ditched them a long time ago. I think we did, yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> Tears. We're <laughs> so, playing them every five seconds. Anyways, uh, we also want to give out uh, some community shout outs to uh, some people this week. Um, most specifically, the guys over at the Best Damn Nerd Show. They were uh, very gracious enough to have Dave and myself on as guests on their latest podcast. So thank you guys uh, over at Best Damn Nerd Show. If you want to check them out, you can hit their Twitter at the BDNS, or you can check them out at bestdamnerdshow.com. As always, a huge thank you uh, to everyone on our Facebook, Twitter, Google+, um, the RT forums. You guys are great. Uh, we appreciate all the discussions and community input and back and forth. Um, 
we're really building a really cool community around uh, republictrooper.com and we're excited that uh you know everybody's participating but with that um i think i can hear some music fading in in the background so that means that we are going to be out of time for this episode of combat chatter any final thoughts uh, to close out the show guys chili Troopers cheese are dogs best. are really good does jace use the hide helmet feature <laughs> yeah deep thoughts ivan uh, just really great to talk to you guys again. I've missed you, and uh, thanks for having me and Aslis on the show today. Um, really appreciated it. I well, found somebody who's got a pant obsession. You guys have a pant obsession. I found a place where I can come <laughs> seek fashion. We totally have a pants obsession here. Every well, as, as it's it has been well documented that I go commando. Oh Yay! Yes. Well, hello, big boy. Here we go hello? again. Yeah. <laughs> At least we stayed it for the end of the show. All right, guys, that is gonna do it for Combat Chatter episode eight. Thanks to Dave, Mike, and Timothy from Republic Trooper, and uh, thanks to Ivan and Azalis from Old Republic Radio for hanging out with us on the show tonight. Be sure to uh, check them out at oldrepublicradio.net. Your ears will explode with TOR goodness, so check those guys out. Uh, we are out of here. Peace. And later. Yeah, see you guys. You've been listening to Combat Chatter, brought to you by republictrooper.com. Join the community at www.republictrooper.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash republictrooper or on Twitter at republictrooper. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Interesting. Exciting stuff. Yep. Exciting stuff. Cool. Okay, so I'll edit out that last little awkward silence there. That was <laughs> um, oh man, what the fuck was I gonna ask? I don't even remember. Andy, Andy snuck in like, "Hey, do any of you have a really cute sister I could date?" To say I'm, I'm <laughs> oh. dating the sister of someone at Bioware, and they said no. Yeah, you know, um, oh man, and I completely just brain fired right there too. <laughs> It's not a podcast. You know what? You know what, man? At least once a week, dude. Jeez.